This is Four Devs. I'm Yanni. I'm Victor. And this is episode nine. Episode nine. Almost ten. Almost, Almost like an anniversary 10. here. Almost an anniversary yeah. that we got going on here. Right, right in time for the year to wrap up the holidays. Man, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Me too, man. I got my family coming. It's going to be awesome. We're excited. So I haven't, I mean, I've seen them a couple of times, but never, I haven't had a chance to hang out. So they live in Florida. Obviously I was just in Florida recently, so I got to see them, but it's different when you get to just hang out, you know, 24 hours a day for a week. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I'm, sure we'll, so. I'm sure we'll get in each other's nerves and at some point be like, I'm going upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, so almost all my family is, is back over in Finland and. I moved over here uh, during my college years and never really thought about the long-term weight of that decision. What I mean is my brother and his his two young kids and his wife are are coming here uh, to visit for Thanksgiving in a few weeks. You know, now with him and his kids, it's like, I just almost wish I was there, you know, to spend more, more quality time. It's thousands of miles apart. It's the Atlantic Ocean apart. It was something I never considered when I made the decision to move here all those years ago. And um, I just guess I never really thought about how life goes and how we all grow. So you surprised them recently. Well, what was it, two years ago now? One year ago? You just oh, showed up to his house? a little over a year ago, yeah. yeah. That was, was awesome. His, his 30th birthday. And um, yeah, uh, my dad and his wife had kind of helped plan it to where I just flew in and... Uh, I was I FaceTime with him and I know I know him a that's lot with, right. with different that, different things. That's right. so, I remember that. Yeah. So I actually called him. I'm like, you know, uh, made it sound like I was doing a video shoot somewhere, and I said, "You won't believe this house I'm at." You know, FaceTime <laughs> with me, and he's like, "Okay, but I don't okay. have much time." So FaceTime, point the camera at his house, and then comes, "You got to be oh, kidding me." Man. Oh, you guys are kidding me. That's good. That's good. That's good, man. That's awesome when you get to do cool stuff like that for people and especially your family, right? You know, so you get to plan something they know that you put a lot of effort into and it goes off without a glitch. Yeah, it backfired. You know, I've done that before where I just show up for Christmas at my dad's house and such, but it backfired on me one year. I was, uh, it was actually first year Donna and I were dating and Donna was going to join me in Finland about a week after I got there. And this was for Christmas, and uh, I was surprising uh, surprising my dad by uh, going a little early, uh, several days earlier than I was supposed to get there. And uh, I ended up getting to Heathrow, you know, see, saw my, my flight was still on time to Finland, and uh, go through security. And as I come out the other side, I see the board, and first time ever I saw my flights canceled. Like, why does it say canceled? Why doesn't it say delayed? Canceled. And I and I keep walking, and there's this huge line at the British Airways counter. I mean, huge. I sat in that line for ten hours, and and uh, ended up spending three days at the airport. Just, oh uh, no! Complete oh. mess. It was it was a snowstorm, worst I guess snowstorm to hit Heathrow. Oh my and, goodness! Uh, eventually, I just you know it was like eh, fifty hours or something. I hadn't slept. Eventually, I, once I got lucky and was able to get on a flight out of there i called my dad and i'm like hey you know surprise i'm in heathrow and and he 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 had seen the whole thing on the news so uh like hey yeah surprise i'm in heathrow 
I'm actually flying to Hamburg. Can you get me a flight from Hamburg to Finland? <laughs> and uh, oh, it turned into a whole trek. But yeah, I got from Hamburg to uh, Copenhagen, Copenhagen to Helsinki. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just got there a few days late. And then about a week later, my suitcase finally showed up. So oh, it was man. a heck, heck of a trip. And, you know, I haven't been doing the Christmases since. You know, I, I struggle sometimes. So where I live, I, I do travel a lot down to Florida, but I struggle with flying to Florida because I feel like it takes almost longer. Like, yes, the flight is very short, but everything in between, Get you know, to the before, airport, everything else. Yeah. Yes. It, it's just, oh. it takes so long. Most of the time, I'm like, I'm just going to drive. Oh, I usually drive up there and, um, cause Donna has family in South Carolina and I've told her before, and we've talked about it. I said, I can drop you off at the airport, and I'll just pick you at the, up at the airport when I get there yeah. by car. You know, it, yeah. it should be I'll about the lunch. same time. I'll have lunch when I get there, and, you know, like I, I left early this past time because I had stuff to do, and, you know, I was down there by 2 p.m. So, you know, plenty of time still to do anything that I needed to do. You know, yep. I didn't leave at, like, 2 in the morning. I left at, like, 6.30, and I was yep. still there by 2 p.m. I feel like I... I've flown down there and I had a connecting flight because they don't always have direct flights. And we got delayed an hour in the middle and I was traveling for way longer than I would have been driving for. And you don't get to stop and you don't get to eat and you know, you, you're at the airport and it's kind of nasty and you know, yeah. So I just live in a weird place where I'm close, but not almost not close enough, but I am close enough. Yeah, I'm going to be actually coming up to uh, see you for uh, some training. We have a dealer yeah. training event in December. And I enjoyed that trip. You know, I go with the guys, uh, some guys I work with. And usually yeah, I'll just... Uh, re re repeat that again because your audio cut off. So I enjoy that trip. I usually go with uh, some guys I work with. And if they drive, I'm able to sit in the back, plug my laptop into the inverter and just work. Yeah. Work just on work. the road. So Speaking let's talk of some lab, development. Yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, some, real some quick, computer stuff. Two things. Uh, so Apple, my new MacBook Pro replacement, Apple went out of their way uh, to replace the machine. So that should be arriving tomorrow. And then this one goes back. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, it was be awesome. supposed to arrive, arrive today, but there was some type of uh, customs exception in China. Still amazing that I could see you know product take off this morning from China and get here tomorrow. So uh, yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, the other thing is while we were talking about family and travel, my brother actually, he works uh, in the architecture industry. Um, so he went over to China for his first trip over there and he was at a giant like uh, supermarket and they wouldn't accept credit cards and uh, they happened to accept cash at this store. So he figured oh, I'm going to go to an ATM and and uh, I guess one of the hosts there escorted him to an ATM. He puts in his uh, debit card and two options come up on the buttons. One says undefined and the other says undefined. Whoops. Just <laughs> that feels pretty typical for uh, for a Chinese product in China. Oh, uh, he said, you know what? This feels a little too sketchy and just uh, proceeded not to buy anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You know. Missing language lost. file or something. Yeah, exactly what I thought. All right, so what do you got on, on your mind for development? Well, you know, we a couple episodes ago, we talked about as developers and marketers, right, what are some of the things that we could do above and beyond to sort of outpace the competition, 
And so Absolutely. today, today I was doing some, some of that extra work that, you know, I'm able to do because I'm a developer, I'm marketing, I understand the business. And I really wanted to share some of those ideas. And this is, I know something that you use amazingly. And I think it's a, such a great skill to have for any developer. And that is writing scrapes. So if you're not familiar with, with what a scrape is, is basically when you go out to some site and you scrape it for information and then you bring it back and then you do something with it. So, you know, the, the possibilities for that are immense. I mean, the, everything that you can do. And I know Yanni's got some very specific examples of how he's used it. You know, the way that I'm currently using it is, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to check up on sort of what other dealers are doing. And instead of going out manually and doing it, I can create an awesome dashboard and a report it gets emailed out every night of information that it's grabbing right there. And then it's up to date, scrapes the data, comes back, I crunch it and boom, you got an awesome report. You can't get that in Google Analytics. So I'm sure you got some examples that you've used too. Oh yeah. In the past for um, some uh, competitor analysis, you know, compare, comparing how competitors might have some e-commerce products listed uh, using scrapes there. I mean, it's just, I'm glad you brought up the subject because it is, it is one of those underappreciated. Uh, extremely, extremely. You know, tool sets or skills, you know, however you want to refer to it. Because it does, you know, no matter what you're using, there is a little bit of uh, science to it that you have to apply and some skill to it. So the more you yeah. do it, of course, the better you get. But I mean, I'm even a project where I'm right now migrating uh, data from one system to another. Easiest way to go about it right now is scraping uh, for attachments, scraping for images, et cetera, that belong to each record. And um, when you don't have APIs to work with, it is just mind-blowing what all you can do by scraping yeah and i mean there there's i've never encountered encountered a a scrape issue or or something that i wanted to fix with a scrape that i was not able to do you know you can log into things you can have cookies you can even do javascript i mean i recently used dusk and repurposed it to actually scrape a single page app which was pretty cool. I mean, you, you wouldn't think that you'd be able to scrape single page apps, but you can't, you totally oh, can't. Absolutely. absolutely. And I'm doing it right now. I mean, the, there's possibilities are just there. It's just about sort of finding the great solutions and somehow mastering the symphony Dom crawler. Dom crawler. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That symphony Dom crawler is just, it's a tough, tough beast. That thing is the, it's literally the source of my pain every time I have to write a scrape. But there's nothing else. I mean, you have to use, you know, Dom Crawler and whew, just trial and error. Tons of trial and error on that one. Do you, do the lyrics come to life when you fire it up? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh my goodness, dude. Every time I do Composer Require Symphony Dom Crawler, a little piece of me dies a little inside and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Because I know what I'm yep. bracing myself for at that point. Yep. You know, it's yep. just... But it's the known, it's the known evil, you know. It is. It is. And it's an, it's necessary and it works. And, and, and I just go back to it and use it again and fight with it. And once I'm done, I feel like I really, really, really accomplished something just because it's, it's so... I, I think... I think I've narrowed it down to why it is that 
I can't just flow through Dom Crawler stuff. And it's because the way that it's written doesn't quite click with the way that I think. So when, I, when I'm thinking of a problem, I'm attacking it in one way and Dom Crawler does something completely different. It just seems to me that every single time... Oh, actually, speaking of that, I actually encountered a problem today. So I was trying to scrape a site that didn't have proper markup. The HTML okay. was wrong, right? Didn't have an ending tag. It was missing or had too many divs, too many open divs, not enough closing divs. And it was able to do it. It was fine. It didn't even it didn't flinch. So obviously they got some really good built-in you know, checking for sort of guessing because browsers do this. It used to be where, you know, if you were missing an ending tag, the whole page would crash, right? Yep. But nowadays, sometimes I'll make a mistake on the markup, you know, especially when you're, when you start to get into really nested views and views inside views and views inside views, and you have all these, you know, partials, sometimes the partials are not quite, you know, the same in every scenario in terms of like, you know, the, the surrounding partial inside a partial and the markup is wrong. Literally it's, it's not correct, but the browser still displays it perfectly fine unless you run some sort of checker or something on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, think yeah. about, think about how far HTML and browsers have come, you know, HTML rendering in browsers, I should say. Whew, um, yeah. yeah, I was, uh, I encountered a, what I think might be the one and only surviving flash page. Believe it or not, I found a page made in Flash. What, a, what is it? Well, no, nah, it's a competitor's page. Oh. <laughs> and Ooh. it is written it is written in Flash. I it it's gotta be I think the last surviving Flash page in the world. <laughs> might be might might you might just have to just leave it forever because it is uh it's a flash page. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes. And I, I didn't even, I didn't even trust it. I said, this, this is flashed, I think. And then, you know, you right click on it and then it shows you like about, you know, flash, like in, in the contextual menu. I just couldn't believe it. Like, I, is that still a thing? Just blew my mind. It blew my you know, mind. You know, for years, um, whenever I wanted a folder that, you know, if someone at work were to jump on my, my machine and use it, you know, something that uh, could be could safely store say personal files or etc what i would do is i'd put it in applications just a directory i would copy the uh flash icon and put it on that directory and name it <laughs> adobe no flash oh. and it would be sitting there in applications know it and i'd know that no one would ever in their right mind double click on it so yanni's advice is flash where secrets go to hide. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Whew, man, that was that was that was funny. I had a good laugh when I found it. I couldn't believe it, but it's there. It's real. Yeah. It's flash. Yeah. Still running today, 2019. Which is just absolutely crazy. But yeah, scraping. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a super important skill. You know, if you if you're not familiar with it, go ahead and familiarize yourself with it. I mean, I don't know of any good resources for it, but you know, start with some easy stuff and try to figure out how you can, you know, scrape some data from from a site and bring it back to your server. Yeah, because especially in the marketing realm, just that data, that's, uh, 
there's there's not enough to say about how powerful that can be and how how uh, priceless it can be for for you you know whether it's competitor data or or um even just uh standardizing data you're working with on an everyday basis you know whether it's uh catalogs or or so forth just i i love i love the ability to automate you know using uh scrapers to really automate and streamline uh manual tasks yeah 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 that's exactly right that and that's what it allows you to do it allows you to get up to the minute updated information from sources that well they're not really supposed you're not supposed to really be you know hitting their api or something or you don't have access but it's still public information you know there's nothing illegal about it and then that's that's the powerful stuff. I mean, that's really what takes you to the next level, you know, being a marketing and a developer, in, in, both in marketing and development at the same time. You know, I use it every day. I have tons of scrapes that run every day. Yeah. You were uh, going to say something there? Yeah, I mean, we, well, I recently sent you that, um, that Chrome uh, extension. Did you get a yeah, chance yeah. to check that out? I what didn't did you think? install it yet, but it looks very promising. Looks very interesting. Reminds me of that. Uh, the actual name of the project was Magic, the uh, project we worked on back in the day. But uh, of course, not as uh, a little bit more abstract, so not as as uh, focused or application specific as what we built back in the day. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, this this extension for for Chrome that I randomly found, basically what it does is it allows you to write. APIs, right? If I'm understanding correctly, you can write APIs using an extension out of any website just by kind of visually clicking around the data yeah, on, a, on a site. Like that. Yep. Yeah. So basically, look, you could load up a, a site and then you could, you know, click around and name fields and say, okay, well, these are, say, the names, these are the emails, these are the phone numbers, you know, if it's like a list or something, and then it generates JSON data out of it. I'm pretty sure that's, that's what it does. We'll have to definitely check it out. It's it's definitely a great idea, you know. Obviously, not really automatable, I don't think, because it's a Chrome extension. Maybe it is. I don't know. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, not to leave out marketing out of this episode. So, I was consulting on a recent project, and it was a, uh, and here we go again, printed magazine ad. So, you know, Ooh, print's not dead. Are we back in this, we're back we're back in this topic this. again? Ooh. So it was uh, targeted for a very specific geographic region where the households, and I should say household income, aligns with the uh, dealership's uh, core audience. So in this example, uh, very high holdout household incomes that are uh, aligned with products they're selling and their other customers or their existing customer base, I should say. So, um, you know, with print ads, I often feel like a lot of companies just hand the product to their graphic designers and say, just design something that looks good. And they don't put any thought into the actual goals of the campaign. And that was, again, what happened with this project. And there was a um, graphic designer involved who was just, his idea was just to make it look pretty, but never once put any time aside to really think about what this should be accomplishing. And uh, one of the concepts they had proposed was to center the ad on the dealership making a, 
a small few hundred dollar charitable contribution for each uh, boat sold uh, to a customer in that area or to a reader of that magazine. And uh, while I think, you know, donating is great, um, it just immediately failed the smell test for me. I think that if someone is the charitable or giving kind, you know, a few hundred dollar donation might be very weak if they're donating tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Right. And also they're picking, you know, what the customer at hand is aligning their values with specific charities. Um, what I had proposed instead was, you know, to focus on the service that the dealership can can deliver and distinguish itself from its competitors, um, you know, to demonstrate the convenience that the dealership could uh, deliver to these customers that their competitors could not. And, uh, all you know, I saw that as a real investment um, and really left the project off off with a question i said you know do we want to spend money on an ad or do we want to invest in establishing long-term relationships with the community and generate really a snowball effect you know one great sale can lead to another right and that's and that's always important you know whenever you're running these campaigns we we've talked about this right so you stop paying your ad stops showing so what impression have you left in those that actually did get to see the the ad you know, and it connected with them. That is, that is the ultimate goal, right? The ultimate goal really is to to connect with them in such a level that they remember you. From time to time, I'll get these these questionnaires on on like YouTube videos. Actually, do you remember seeing any of these brands? And they'll have like five or six brands, and you you know you click and you check if you've seen an ad from that. I don't know if you've seen those. I'm sure you. Oh have. yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's that. It's. Well, maybe I did, but to be honest, most of the time I I click none of them at all. And I actually do fill out these surveys, these little surveys that just pop up right before the video. I'll, I'll, I will go in and kind of click and or feel to see if I remember. I'm like, I don't I don't remember any of these brands and they're all and they're usually all fairly large brands, so you know they're investing a lot of money. But truthfully, most of them don't create big enough impression on me for me to remember them, you know, a week later. Yeah, you know, if if you're going into a project or a campaign saying, you know what, this is cheap, this is easy, you know, it's going to be that easy for your customers to forget about it or your audience to yeah. forget about it. Right. And that's kind of the point we brought up with the with the videos last last episode talking about just the personal touch and feeling that connection with somebody and then yeah. you meet them in person, they're almost like celebrities, right? That the person that's doing those videos, they the, the person on the other side is like so excited to meet them, you know, and already that you've already created that trust even before they step into your showroom. And that's Absolutely. just, that's just it. There's literally no replacement for that. You cannot buy that. There's not enough money to buy that. Yeah. So talking about one ad and this is a video that I can't forget. So a few, well, probably about two months ago, Audi released an ad uh, for their RS, upcoming RS6. Uh, the first RS wagon that's going to be available uh, stateside. Um, so Audi's notorious for their quickest cars being station wagons. And uh, most of those were not available in the U.S. 
uh, or North America for for all these years. And um, the ad centers around a small boy who grows up in an Audi family and always dreams about, you know, being able to get one of these. And uh, it takes you through the milestones and his journey in life till he's able to, you know, someday get, uh, you know, get that new R6. And uh, I think for any car guy, you know, all of us have had hopes and dreams and, you know, thought about as a young kid, you know, what, what we can hope to buy someday or hope to have someday. And uh, I think it's a very touching commercial and it was very, very well thought out. And uh, it was meant to do exactly that, you know, touch and pull out our strings. Um, yeah. So just if that you haven't seen connection. it, if you haven't seen it, search Audi Avent commercial on YouTube and it, it'll come right up. It is, and I'll put it in the show notes. It is just phenomenal storytelling. Yeah, I agree. And and it's because it's got that emotional connection, you know, and it's with all it. about that emotion. It's so little about that car, you know, I, I don't know how many horses the car has. I don't know, you know, anything really about it, but it's, it, it definitely got me looking at it. You know, I recently encountered two high production value commercials for big companies. One was atrocious and the other one was really good, I thought. So the one that kind of shocked me, I think I texted you about it when, when I first saw it, was the new iPhone commercial. Oh, where it's in like where a food's tunnel. flying at it. Yep. Yeah, and they're just hitting the phone with food. What? What were they thinking? I have no idea. It wasn't one of my previous um, previous topics that I wanted to talk about on a previous episode, but you have probably the most amazing camera in a phone. Right. And you could really showcase that. And instead you're throwing right. food at it. Like I'm what are you trying to say? Yeah. What are you trying to say that the phone's sharp? You know, it's gonna just slice through the food you throw. I I don't I, know. And I, I don't know not, if it was it. I don't know if it was an Apple commercial or if it was I think it was Verizon commercial. I think it was a Verizon commercial, but Apple still said okay, yeah, you yeah, can air yeah. that. Yeah, I I don't get it. I don't know, man. They missed the mark on that one for oh, me. Yeah. Um I I'm I just don't understand it. But then the second commercial that I encountered was actually a Ford commercial and it popped up on my Instagram feed and it was the new um, Ford ST, the, uh, what is it, the Explorer. Explorer ST. Okay. And there is the commercials 30 seconds long. The car shows up for about one second at the very beginning and one second at the very end. And then they don't show the car at all. So it's a very exciting, you know, up-tempo music, kind of cinematic music going. And then they show the car and then they, the camera basically pans as if you're looking out to the side of the car, out the window. Okay. And it's, it's just images of just sort of, sort of replicating like the adventures that you could have with this car. And all you hear in the background is just, you know, the engine and the exhaust. And it's like, it's badass. It was, it was really engaging for me. They basically almost don't show the car at all, but you know it's about that car, and it it was really engaging because it's like you know there's images that are going through mountains and then there's snow and then there's you know just fast and then there's desert and there's off roading and it's just it's really really cool. I thought it was a really cool idea, and a little bit out of the box, you know, being a car commercial that doesn't show the car at all. It doesn't show the car one bit. Like I said, a little tiny bit at the beginning, a little bit at the end. 
and then that's it. But I actually watched the whole thing on Instagram and I could have just kept swiping, right? It's not like I was forced to watch it. Yep, yep. I actually stopped and I watched it. I said, oh man, they got an ST. And then I couldn't see the car at all and I was okay with it. I ended up going to the website to see it. So I'll give them props for that because they uh, made me pull open my browser and see the car. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, speaking of Ford, you know, Ford's had a few tough years. It's no secret. It's been quite well covered in the press. But when I saw, I think it was last year, the Brian Cranston commercial. Uh, yes, yes. Talk about we make the future. Holy crap. You know, that's, you know, that sent, sent uh, goosebumps up my back. Just, whew. That was very yeah. well done. Very well done. Yeah. Again, just that emotional connection in video. I mean, I don't know how else we can say this. It is it is so, so powerful and it's not really attainable anywhere, any other way, really. Yeah. You know, one of my favorites is, and I'm biased to Volvo, um, but just their ads, it's all about life. You know, it's nothing about the car. You know, you see the car as a, simply a mode of transportation in them, but they're so focused on the people and the characters. Um, I really enjoy them. Really enjoy them. What was that commercial you sent me the other day? Um, was it Audi and Porsche? Audi and Porsche. I got to look it up. Yeah, yeah. But Nothing's it, coming to mind right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to put it in the show notes. I, I'll, I'll look through the text and watch it, but it's going to be another one of those really awesome really really awesome commercials but uh okay. yeah just it's been a good episode i like this one. Oh, good good well that's because we've been talking about cars ah, so, uh, there you go yeah yeah you know <laughs> so what foreign dev and car drivers you know what i don't know what we should have called our podcast but we talk about so much <laughs> just fun stuff um so on a note here um Whole Foods, and I, I've tried to avoid saying company names as much as possible, but whatever. I love Whole Foods. So Whole Foods was having a uh, sale for a couple of weeks on frozen pizza. It was 50% off. And I said, wow, you know, we don't eat frozen pizza ever, but let's try a few, you know, different ones, you know, 50% off. So $10 pizzas, five bucks, you know, that sounds good. And uh, I had mentioned it to Donna and I don't, I didn't think she, you know, really picked up on it. And uh, I had gone, she had gone, you know, run some errands on Sunday. And then Monday I had to run out. Uh, I knew I had to go to the store. So I went to Whole Foods and I picked up four frozen pizzas, you know, just different kinds. I come home, open up the freezer. Oh, shoot. I mean, there was barely she any room. I had to, yeah, she had bought actually most <laughs> of what I bought, you know. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've got enough frozen pizza for a while. Uh, it's funny. There's, there's no That's lesson funny. to be learned there, but I just thought it was funny. <laughs> funny to uh, share. It's funny. We're still waiting on the Mayo story from episode one. So y- you know what story we're waiting on is uh, your mohawk. We s- oh. maybe we'll get to that by episode ten. All right, all right. That means that we're gonna have to post a picture too. Yeah, I gotta be willing to do that. Let me think about it. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Anything else before we wrap this one up? Call it a night. That's it. I think it's been a good one. Yeah, I think so too. All righty. Well, this has been Foreign Devs. Thank you for joining in. I'm Yanni. I'm Victor. Have a good night. Have a great See one. See you later. Thanks. Bye-bye.